Barbas here. Welcome to our very first podcast. We recently had a chat with our July guest blogger Stuart Trevor, who is the founder of All Saints, a clothing brand which I'm sure most of you are familiar with. Stuart also founded another clothing brand called Bolongaro Trevor and has now started a brand new project called Immortal. During this podcast, you'll hear our sit-down talk with Stuart where he talks about Immortal. He also gives us some inside stories from back in the day whilst developing All Saints. And at the very end of this podcast, he talks about the differences around starting a new clothing brand today in 2018 versus doing it in 1994. If you want to see how it all looked during our little talk, then head to our YouTube channel where you can watch a shorter version of our chat with Stuart. Cool. So welcome. Hi. <laughs> Tell us, what are you doing right now? You've just set up your brand new uh, clothing brand. Are you in the middle of it? Yeah. Uh, okay, so we just launched uh, a new label. Um, it's taken a little while to get it off the ground. It was uh, basically, um, there's a Hollywood film producer, uh, a woman called Maggie Monty. She uh, produced... Uh, several years ago, a movie called Searching for Sugarman, and she won an Oscar for that movie. And um, it's a really amazing movie, if, if anyone uh, has a chance to uh, watch it. It's about um, a, an artist in uh, Los Angeles who, called Rodriguez, and uh, very, very much like uh, Bob Dylan, like a um, South American Bob Dylan type character who, became the number one um, selling artist in South Africa. The, there was a record company in South Africa, a record shop, and they were selling like tons and tons of this um, record. And um, they, they contacted the American company and it turns out that um, they said the guy was dead. And, and it turns out basically that I've he wasn't the dead. It's incredible. Rodriguez, and yeah. and oh. the music's great. Yeah. So, the the, the the feeling that Maggie had after walking around after winning the Oscar was like, wow, you know, this is an incredible feeling. Um, what can you do to, um, you know, to, to prolong that feeling, to bring it on? And, and maybe giving people something to remember the movie by um, would be would be a great way to, um, you know, uh, you know, people, you know, of course, when I was a kid, Star Wars came out um, and... It was probably the very first movie that, that really capitalised on action figures and, and craft from the movie. And people really got into it. And it wasn't just a way of making money. Although, you know, cinema nowadays, um, they're just not making enough money to survive by bums on seats in cinemas. Mm. And they're not making enough money off Netflix. And they're not making enough money off Amazon. So, um, you know, it is a good way of... of paying for movies because you know at the end of the day we all love movies and we all want to watch really amazing movies and there are better and better movies getting made and one way of doing it is to uh, fund it through different means so man you had this idea of um clothing inspired by the movie doesn't necessarily mean that to be the one in the movie or, but inspired yeah by so um my my idea is is i would like to um, create collections and then the costume designers come to me and say, wow, I love what you're doing. Can you do that jacket you're wearing in black with pink under the collar or whatever? And I'll go away and make it. So now we have all that set up as well. 
Um, the third partner in the business is uh, Andy Blake, and that's how we met. He used to bring um, bands like Bush and Marilyn Manson and Skunk and Nancy um, and Placebo to me when he was styling them and say, I love what you're doing at All Saints, but they, Marilyn Manson wants a floor-length leather coat. And in the beginning, I was like, sorry, I'm not doing anyone. And he's like, it's Marilyn Manson. Yeah, so then you go, do you know what? All right, then I'll make one for you. So you make um, special versions of your line or collection yeah. to fit their needs. Yeah, they call it um, SMU, special makeup. Oh, okay. uh, and, um, and you get a lot of that. And uh, so fast forward to now, um, we came up with a collection. Um, it was a, a movie that Maggie was producing called Race to Immortality. Uh, Ferrari, Race to Immortality, and it was all about the late 1950s, um, the racing car drivers during that decade, and it was the most exciting decade of um, mo motorsport, um, before Formula One really took off, and, and the drivers in those days, um, they used to wear normal sort of clothes, but in a really stylish way, they would wear like a white shirt with a bow tie, and a Harrington sort of bomber jacket, yeah, yeah. and a tweed jacket, and a tweed cap leather gloves with the string back and they would drive these cars that were so cool looking. So we came up with um, a collection inspired by that movie, which is um, available um, on, our, on our website. Um, and then we, we also came up with the idea that, you know, really in order to capitalize on it, to, to turn it into money, because, you know, um, there's only so many people that want tweed jackets and yeah, all that yeah. sort of stuff. Is, is to do t-shirts and sweatshirts with, um, say, the word immortal. So um, we did them, and of course it became the bestseller. So then we realized that actually immortal is a really great name for, for a brand. Mm -hmm. So um, we, we, we did a new collection, uh, and we've just launched that, and it is called Immortal. So um, the previous collection... It was, um, it was called Alenza, uh, yeah. and it was available at alenza.com, yeah. and it was kind of like life through Alenza. Yeah. Um, but it, as a brand name, for me, um, Immortals, really, really strong. Yeah, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's, yeah. it's, yeah. it's totally, everybody's like, mm. wow, that's amazing, yeah. that's it. And, I, and, and you know what, I had that with All Saints. Um, when I, uh, I think I wrote uh, in the blog that we had The Saint, we had ST, we had all these. Yeah. As soon as you mentioned All Saints, everyone just, wow, that, That's I love the that. One, yeah. And the whole idea was like, you know, if someone said, I love your coat, where's it from? And you go, well, it's The, the Saint or, or, or what? If you went, oh, it's All Saints, everyone just went, wow, that's a great Very name. Cool. Yeah. And, um, and that's kind of what, what's happening with Immortal. So, yeah, so we've, we've launched this new collection. We've taken it to Paris. We've taken it to uh, Berlin. We're about to show at Scoop, and um, the women's wear collection is going to be launched. Okay, yeah, on... so you're working on a, a women's wear collection. Now. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's kind of the first time that I've ever done women's wear on my own. Really? So, um, yeah, so I'm kind of excited. So uh, all of it arrives, and um, maybe we should have a meet-up, and uh, you girls can try it on. Yeah, definitely. Because we love the men's wear collection when you were showing us some pictures of what's coming out spring, summer 19. Yeah, um, we were like... Can we have like can where can we get the menswear collection because it's, yeah. it's so cool it's for men obviously but I think it's I think both men and women can wear it so if Definitely. you're making that but the female version I'm sure it's going to be 
Amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's, we call it non-gender specific. No. Okay. So yeah, that's right. We, <laughs> because actually there's been a lot of girls asking for, uh, some of the first collection that we did for Immortal, um, for, sorry, for Alenza, yeah. under Race to Immortality, mm-hmm. loads of girls came, especially the little bomber jacket that's yeah. reversible. Every, so many girls. Um, so we did, we did some radio uh, podcasts and we mm-hmm. did some, uh, met up with some, uh, TV presenters and some and, and the girls all all said the same thing. So we made actually small and extra small sizes yeah. in everything. Yeah. So right, yeah. Yeah, yeah, when you come, you can, can, you can definitely yeah. yeah. So it's kind of like yeah, and and, and girls nowadays everybody loves. Yeah, like, I think it's stuff. you can. Yeah. Yeah. I have so yeah. many men's shirts yeah. and jumpers and hoodies or whatever, and I just started to to make it look good on me as a woman. You started all things. Um, it was just menswear originally. Yeah, um, yeah. In the very beginning, All Saints uh, was me on my own in in a room, um, with um, having had you know seven years working for someone else, but you know working to their kind of constraints um, and arguing with them about doing all the more exciting things that I wanted to do. So I left and I set up All Saints, and it was um, originally for menswear, but we had um, loads of girls obsessed with what I was doing um, like friends came in uh, and we would have open days and sample sales and and then we opened the first shop and I had generally all the way through all sets I employed girls over boys because nice. to me they're a lot better than, than boys I'm sorry boys but that's kind of <laughs> like they're more reliable they, they turn up on time yeah. they're dedicated and they're not just drinking they're thinking about drinking and fucking and so you know <laughs> Um, so yeah, and, and all the girls that worked for me used to wear all the boys' clothes that I designed. So yeah, in the store they would wear yeah. the, the menswear collection. Yeah, and, oh. and then so so then I designed like one dress very similar to what you were doing out of the same fabrics that um, that we were making the menswear in. And so the girls then wore this one dress with all the boys' wear, and oh. and then I started doing things like um, I used to go around all vintage military stores and, and buy, you know, flat jackets and combat pants. And, and then I started, I did one collection where I just bought all this vintage military and I just uh, printed the word saint on, on, the, on the bum, across the back side of the pants and across the jacket. And I embroidered like um, a gold um, sort of scribble of, of, of the naked Marilyn uh, Monroe. Oh, um, and things like that. And, and you know, just... So I did a whole thing like that, and then of course, loads of girls love that. Um, Do you still have pieces of this collection? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, not so much. I mean, over the years, you kind of like uh, start thinking, oh, I should be putting an archive together and, and collecting mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yeah. And then it get you get to about year 10, and you've got like one room in your building, and it's just full of boxes, and you're like, Do you yeah. know what, I'm just going to have a sample sale. <laughs> and, um, and, and <laughs> Yeah, because also, you know, back in, in you know, when I... Think about it, in 1994, when I started All Saints, it was me on my own in a room. By 2004, there was 100 employees and there was, you know, six stores and we were opening another store. But you just kind of thought, we're just a store. It's just a shop. No one's really that going to be bothered about All Saints. It's not, you know, we're just, I'm just doing a job and I've got all this crap in that room. I'm just going to get rid of it. And then here we are, 25 years later, and and you're like, why did I get rid of all that stuff? It would be, you know, you could create a museum now 
and, and charge people to come and see you all the early day stuff and, in, and, and I have all the sketches and things like that I have got all that and I have been asked about doing a museum or doing a retrospective and things like that yeah but we were talking about women's wear and men's oh, wear yes. and boys wearing you know girls wearing because you know what when, when we when we did so when I designed that dress and they were wearing it with so then I was doing this military stuff and then I was putting buying um, at that time we didn't do footwear. We didn't do. We didn't have enough money. We were kind of like everything. Every penny was tied up in in new stores, and mm. every season we were going from. I had shops that were doing, you know, one week they would do ten grand a week, and the following week they would be doing fifteen thousand pound on a Saturday, and and we were like, shit, we need more stock. So yeah. all the money, the money was tied up in in, yeah. in, in buying stock. I guess. Mm. So um, at one point, my uh, partner, business partner at the time, said. You know, all the guys in the shops are saying the mannequins have no footwear. And and, and I was like, well, you know, we need we need about £20,000 to develop footwear. He said, well, is there anything else we can do? So I, I went and bought about 200 pairs of, of vintage military boots. Um, and I put them on the mannequins. And, and all the jeans I'd done at the time were really skinny. So they didn't fit outside the boot. So I tucked them in the boot. And... Um, and kind of like left them slightly undone and, and made it look really cool. And my partner at the time was like, who's going to wear that? They look ridiculous. And then everyone like, was wearing it. I think on the Monday morning, I must have had 50 phone calls from, from managers, from uh, friends and stylists, friends of mine, all driving me mad about where can we get these boots. They, they, they must have had, I don't know, 50 people a day uh, on that, that, that weekend coming in asking to buy wow, the boots. So we realised then that, um, that that was a look and, yeah. and I had to get in touch with a, a, a shoe factory who I had started out working with in the beginning, sent them a couple of pairs of military boots and, and the one with the big zip down the inside, yeah. which yeah. was, that was a paratrooper jump boot that I owned. Um, oh. And the zip was so that if you broke your leg when you jumped out of plane, they can just unzip yeah. it and take the, the shoe oh off. So, um, so we put them into production, and I think I ordered a thousand pairs, and um, for girls and boys. I remember actually putting them on girls with a dress and like a little biker boot, and to me it looked amazing. My partner was like, "Who's going to wear? What woman is going to wear that?" And then I think, of course, we put them into production. I think the boots sold out in one day, a thousand pairs in one day. And then, and, and that whole look of, you know, a big sort of parachute dress with a little biker jacket and, and, and military boots just became this, you know, I think... Yeah, yeah, it's it was, still a good look yeah. today. Like, it is, isn't it? Yeah. And we, we, we took it to... And I've done all these belts with Jesus Loves You and All Saints Rocks. And, and I was going to uh, Glastonbury um, and I rang up the belt maker on, like, the Tuesday and said, listen, I'm going to Glastonbury on... Wednesday night, can you make a belt with Glastonbury rocks on it for me? And he was like, you know, oh, you know, yeah, no problem. And, and I said, well, I need to pick them up tomorrow. And he was like, you bastard. <laughs> uh, and I, so I went and picked them up and um, we took them to Glastonbury and, uh, and I gave one to Kate Moss and it was on the front cover of everybody, every newspaper and every right. um, magazine <laughs> nice. and her and Pete Doherty wandering around yeah. Glastonbury. And that was the first time that anyone talked about Festival Chic. And she was wearing my dress, my belt with uh, glassy oh, no rocks on it, and and the biker boots, so and a little, cool. and and that that whole look just went global overnight. So when was this? 
That was around 2001. 2001. Something yeah. like that. Uh, nice. Yeah. So until then, no one was really talking about our festival. This. No, no, nothing really. Nice. I think it was that. Nice. That was the summer, and that the funniest thing of, of that uh, Glastonbury was, we I had a phone call from uh, Luomo Vo in Italy. And they said, uh, you know, I've got a, uh, and I was friends with um, a friend of mine, uh, Sarah Leon, who ran uh, Select Models. And um, they wanted to do a front cover of Luomo Vogue all about festivals, but they wanted to put woman in that kind of look that I was doing, yeah. these sort of, you know, wellies or biker boots, beautiful dresses and little biker jackets. Mm. Uh, and of course, they came straight to me. So I went to Glastonbury with four models, one of them, all totally unknown, one of them was uh, Agnes Dane, uh, and we had no idea who she was, but she's really funny and really cool, and we got there on the Friday night, and it was with these glass and rock spelts, and we kind of wandered around and got a bit drunk and had fun, and went to bed that night, and it rained um, from about midnight till about midday the next day, and we got up in the morning, and it was, everyone was just mud everywhere, yeah. and... And the Italian um, production people from, uh, you know, the cameraman were going, oh, grand, I'm like, you know, listen, guys, let's just get going. Put the wellies on, put the boots on. Let's go. Lift up the dresses, walk through. They were like, it's impossible. You, you know, that. and I'm like, honestly, guys, let's just do it. We've got umbrellas. We're here. Everyone's, all the bands are going to play. Let's just go and do it. So we had no, we just blagged our way backstage. And so there's pictures of, Agnes Dane with this kind of dress on, with the boots, with a little bike jacket, on a log, like with the coral, with, um, I can't remember who else, all the bands that were playing, um, Coldplay, um, there was like, I mean, we ended up backstage with, with the wall, with Gwyneth Paltrow there, with loads of other, you know, um, people, and, and Kate, and, and Kate Moss, and Pete Doherty, and, and it was, that, that whole shoe, it went into Luoma Vogue and then it went into Italian Vogue. And it was all, I don't know why they chose, because we'd only really started women's wear, but they chose, uh, I suppose it was the look. It was that yeah, kind of yeah. big yeah. boots, dresses, little yeah, bike yeah, jackets, yeah. And, and there was nothing, and it was total festival mm. chic sort of thing. Yeah. So yeah. that was good. Ooh, really cool. Wow. That sounds amazing. And like, that's exactly how I imagine, like, that's how I would like to dress if I would go to a festival now. Like, yeah. the, the, the boots and the dress and the jacket. That's perfect. That's yeah. a little cheeky. Bit of glitter. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Stuart, um, tell me, how um, how do you see the difference now with launching a brand in the 90s and then you launched one in 2000 um, and then another one? Um, so where are the differences? It's, it's, it's a different world now. So, you know, I could say, yeah, do this. You need to show a collection. You need to show, uh, a, you know, and then you go and do it, and then no one turns up. Like, we we recently um, showed in Paris. Uh, we took the collection to what used to be the coolest trade fair that you would get all the the, the coolest buyers yeah. from shops that sell all the best labels coming to that show and, and walking around and looking for something new, but they're not doing it anymore. We just did that in Paris. So that was the thing back then that you did. That back you then. Yeah, back then. Longara Trevor there. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. Right? And I mean, now you just took Immortal. Back in the then. very beginning, when I did uh, All Saints, it was maybe 1995, and you took it to a show, and we set out our booth like no one else had done before. I mean, that was the other thing is, is there was not really that many people doing it. Yeah. Now, 
there's hundreds of people. I mean, and and people ask me this all the time. Like, um, when I started All Saints, there was nothing like it. There was even Zara. Zara didn't even exist, yes. and 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 H and M was just completely cheap rubbish, and and <laughs> Top Shop and Top Man mm. were were just cheap rubbish. Everything was cheap, and it was just you know people <clears throat> doing cheap shirts and cheap trousers and nothing. Nobody did anything really, really cool. And then I'm not being funny or immodest or whatever, but then I came along and did All Saints. And what I really, what I saw was a gap in the market where yeah. there was all this cheap rubbish and then there was all these very, very high-priced designer yeah, goods. And, and, you know, yeah, really amazing leather jackets yeah. that were, like, beaten up and, yeah. and garment dyed. and But they were three, £4,000. And nobody was doing them at, like, Three or four hundred pounds, and like I found between the two. Yeah, I yeah, found yeah. factories that could make them for me, and I could retail them at three hundred pounds, and and people people went mental and because they everybody wanted those jackets and nobody could afford the three thousand four thousand pounds ones. No, because they were going yours. I had yeah. people, but they're I, still buying. It's still yeah, yeah. yeah. and then there might be four hundred pounds now, whatever. Mm. But you know, when I, when I started All Saints and I was doing these leather jackets and doing you know loads of other stuff as well, I had some friends of mine that were designers and they came up to me and said things like, you know, yeah, but you know what, you guys, you know, you're you're doing so well with those jackets, and you know why? And I'm like, why? Because like, you're cheap. And and I was oh, thank you very much. Yeah, I'm like, you know, not cheap though. I, I'm like, cheaper I'm sorry. Than 3, pounds well, yeah, yeah, cheaper than but you know, four hundred pounds to me, especially in nineteen ninety five. Yeah, that's a hell of a lot of money. Even today, I'm like, 400 pounds for a jacket. Yeah, for me, 400 pounds, you know, if I have to spend... For me, I could could never justify spending two, three thousand pounds. I still can't on a leather jacket. (laughs) There's a lot of things that I would rather spend that money on. Um, Exactly. It's not cheap at all, actually. So for me, uh, yeah, but I don't think... So this, this person that asked me that in the beginning, I'm like, so how much are your leather jackets? And they'd be like... Well, yeah, we 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 retail that two thousand pounds, and I'm like, yeah, how many have you sold? Well, actually, we we haven't sold any. Well, you know, so you you know, I'm I'm sorry, but you know what? I never ever set out um, when I launched All Saints. I never set out thinking I'm going to sell ten million leather jackets at four hundred pounds, and I'm going to be a billionaire or whatever. Mm. I I just couldn't connect the idea of. A four thousand pound leather jacket or three thousand pound leather jacket with a normal person. I couldn't, and I had all these young kids coming to me, young bands, uh, young models, and they would come to me and say, oh, "I love what you're doing. I really, I really want. Can I? And I, how can I get?" And I'm like, "Well, you know what? They're three hundred pounds retail. I can maybe, you know, give you fifty pounds off. You can, but it, you know, I'm gonna have to charge you two. Really? Is that all? Oh my god! Yeah, can I have it? And yeah. and everybody loved it, but. So it was never it was never about um, trying to make millions because I was never never obsessed with money. Even when I sold all things, and, and I was I am you know I was paid a lot of money. Mm. I never bought a thing. I never spent anything on. I, I'm not interested in money. It was never about money. It was about trying wanting to design things and wanting people to wear them and wanting people that I thought were cool to wear them, not just nice. rich, you know, oligarchs yeah. or. Yeah. You know, someone who's got loads of daddy's money or yeah. or, or mummy's money or whatever. You know? mm-hmm. So that was what it was all about. And and I had a um, 
I had a really uh, lovely dinner with uh, some friends last week. Um, and uh, one of them is um, a restaurateur from LA who used to do like fine dining, working for like really amazing sort of chefs and things like that. She recently, in the in the last couple of years, moved over into working with up and coming uh, chefs. And it's not all about fine dining because people. I mean, I to me also, I don't like fine dining. I don't like going to a restaurant and getting a bill for five hundred pounds for two people. I just think it's sorry, I'm not interested. Uh, and and a, a bottle of wine, they, they bring the wine list and. And there's like, you know, a £200 wine bar, £100 yeah. wine. To me, mm. I can't tell the difference between a £25 mm. bottle of wine and a £200 bottle Same. of wine. Yeah. So I'm, I'm Same. never going to, not in, so, you know, when, when we talk about earning loads of money mm. and spending it, I've yeah. never spent more than 30 quid on a bottle of wine. And I, and I have really good taste. So <laughs> this, this, this restaurateur, she's talking about these, these uh, young up-and-coming chefs that are opening up these little restaurants in LA and they have like a hole in the wall and they're creating these amazing dishes and they're things like, you know, might not be your cup of tea, like, I don't know, donuts with foie gras in them and things like this. Oh, but yeah. instead of them being £100, they're doing them for £10 and £15 because they're not interested in selling to, you know, mm-hmm. Schur and, um, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger and they're interested in selling to young, cool people that want really cool food. Well, that was what That's I was about. Nice. Yeah. But that was back in... Um, 1995, 96, 97, yeah. and things like that. And, and of course, it, it ended up becoming this huge yeah, thing because that's what this, happens. This but... And what about today, though? Like, with all these new brands coming up, all these new designers, there, and there are loads of cool brands out there that are small and starting up and really cool. So what would you then say to a youngster out there trying to, trying to make it? That's the magic question, isn't it? Yeah. It's kind of like... Um, <laughs> I have, um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, back in those days, we never had Instagram, or we never even had the internet. Yeah, we didn't have blogs. We didn't have, yeah, so all yeah. of these things. So, yeah, doing things like this, doing uh, podcasts, doing blogs, doing video, just, um, it, you know, people ask me, how do you do it? Well, with All Saints, and then with Bolingara Trevor, and then now with The Mortal, what you've got to do is, um, you're in a corridor, and it's a really long corridor, and there's a door every 10 steps. And every 10 steps, you're going to knock on that Not door. All of them. And sometimes they're going to open the door, sometimes you're going to get ignored. Mm-hmm. But just keep knocking keep and keep knocking it. and keep, yeah. you know, everywhere you go and keep your hand out and say, Can I do a blog for this? Can I do this? Yeah. Can I sell to your store? Can I get this? Can you follow me on Instagram? Will you right, post this? Right. Can I let you, do you want to try this on? Just, you've got to do every single thing possible to get yourself noticed. Okay. So don't just sit in your bedroom and think, wow, this jacket is really I've amazing. I've done something fantastic. I've done something fantastic. And that's it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and it's so amazing, I'm going to be famous or whatever. That isn't going to happen. You've got to go out there and you've got to keep on knocking on the doors. And even when people turn up and go, I'm sorry, mate, who's going to wear a belt with Jesus? Loves you on it. Oh. Because that's what I got in the beginning with All yeah. Saints. I, you know, people just were like, All Saints rocks? Yeah. Who's going to... Leather jackets at 400 quid? It's just because you're cheap. And all that, you know, that can make you feel so kind of, oh, yeah. God, you know, what am I doing? Yeah. Just, and, keep and going just keep on going. And, yeah, and just keep believe talking them. to people, mm-hmm. believe in yourself, yeah. beat yourself up every morning. And, and when you get up and, and think, right, what am I going to do? Today... I'm not going to sit in bed and, and, and cry about the fact that nobody's bought my 
collection, what I'm going to do is I'm going to get on the phone and I'm going to ring Selfridges again and all that. And yeah, do you know what? I've rang them every day for a month and they're probably thinking, who the fuck is this guy? He's mental. He's (laughs) rang me every day. Eventually, one of them's going to go, do you know what? I'm going to answer the phone. Hello. Yeah. Okay. Listen, we've got enough design. Okay. Yeah. Leather jackets are 400 quid. What What are they like? Really? And you're... Who's wearing them? You've got Idris Elba wearing one. Wow. Okay, that's cool. I tell you what, why don't you bring... Let me just... See, maybe bring them in next month and, and show me your leather jacket. Okay. All right. Okay. Yeah, my name's this and this is the number. Put the phone. That happens. Yeah. But it only happens if you ask again yeah. and again okay. and again and again. Because like we were talking about earlier, um, before we started filming, was, <laughs> was that... Uh, um, you can have the most amazing product, but as long as you, like, if you don't get it out there, how is, how is anyone going to know that it exists? Yeah. So it's, it's all well and good creating something fantastic, but the big job really lies in getting it out to the customers. It's promoting it. Yeah, yeah promoting yeah, it. Yeah, and, it's marketing. And the same with music, and, anything, really, a yeah. product. So. I mean, in the beginning with All Saints, we, there, there wasn't any social media. There wasn't no. any, any of it. So it's all... All I had to do was um, utilize, or, or you know, when I left Reese, uh, when I when I started at Reese, I mean, back in the days, in the beginning, before I started All Saints, I worked for a company called Reese, which is a big high street store yeah, now. No, but when I, when I joined them, uh, it was just um, just like a suit company, and and they sold a few other designers like Armani and things like that. But I set up their own label. I managed to get it into Selfridges and uh, Barney's in New York. But just through picking up the phone and telling them, you know, I'm coming over to New York and I would like to do this. Well, there's millions of people doing that now. So you really, really have to have something that's amazing. And you have to think about uh, prices as well. Because, mm, yeah. you know, and yeah. that's the other thing is, you know, when, like this, this, I've had people say to me before about you're cheap and, and that's the reason itself. There's no such thing as cheap because, of course, if it was just about cheap, there's Primark and there's, yeah. you know, even, you know, Zara or there's everything that H&M do. H&M now have, and other stories, they've got Arkit, yeah. they've got Cos. So they've got every angle, every corner of the they market covered. covered. Yeah. And they're yeah. a billionaire business with, well, with tons yeah. of design. So, you know, what you've got to do is make sure that you have something unique that yeah. no one else is doing. Um, but then you also have to be able to do it for as, as cost-effectively as possible because, yeah. you know, anyone can make a... A jacket like this, um, and try and, and 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 pay a tailor or whoever else is, or, or you know, just go in blindly and buy you know ten pound a meter fabric. And all. I go around and I try and find, you know, the, the best fabric at the, the cheapest price possible. And I mm-hmm. argue with my tailor about how much I can mm-hmm. afford to pay him mm-hmm. because they will, tr- of course, try and tell tell you that the minimum that he's going to have to charge you is a hundred pounds. To make one jacket, well, right. if he's going to charge me that, I'm, there's no way on earth I'm going to no. sell any of it. So I've got to argue with him to get him to make that jacket for twenty five pounds, and then yeah. I've got to add on the fabric price, and I've got to add on the buttons and things like this. So yeah, you need to do your research first of all for fabrics, and you're then gonna, also yeah. if you find a tailor, negotiate. Yeah, a good and, price. Yeah, yeah and don't you. feel sorry about like you know, oh, how is he going to feed his kids? He won't make it if he can't make any money out of it. He'll of course tell you. It's going to cost a hundred quid. Because he thinks you're turning up, you're going to order one, and he's never going to see you again. Mm. That's a very good tip. You need to tell them. You always need to negotiate. Yeah, you've got to negotiate. And try and put the prices down, because then 
everything. I mean, yeah. like, you know, that's, like, you, yeah, I mean, I go to little fabric shops and, you know, warehouses that do clearance and they charge, you know, £5 a metre for, I don't know, denim and, and things like that. But I'll go in and tell them that I, I can't afford to pay you more than £2 a metre. So even at the shop you negotiate? Everything. I love it. <laughs> Otherwise, you, that's where, you know, because, you know, in order to, how, how it works is if something costs £50, to, you need to wholesale it for 100 You need to double right. it minimum. Yeah, at least. Because yeah. you've got to, yeah. yeah, because, and then you've got VAT to it, mm. you know. And, and then a shop, a shop will buy it from you at £100, and they'll mark it up times 2.5, mm. 2.7. So it will be, if it costs me £50, I'll wholesale it to them for 100 It will have to retail at 250 to £270. That's yeah, right, right, right. a lot of money. Yes. So, you know, if I can't make it for £50, a jacket like that, I mean, if the guy, the tailor wants 50 quid, and the fabric costs £5 yeah. a metre, and there's two metres in it, and then the buttons are a fiver, and, you know, if I can get everybody to half their price, then I can maybe, I, I, I can manage to make some money. Some money yeah, yeah, of course. And then if I can yeah. manage to get it, set up my own website, and sell it direct to the public, and then maybe offer them a discount or, yeah, yeah. you know, things like that, or, or do pop-up shops or whatever. I, I look at pop every single yeah, angle. Yeah, then you can take the extra money that a yeah. shop would put on stuff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. No, that's kind that's, of... And, that's kind of... And the, the tailors, for, for example, they will they must benefit from you ordering loads. Like, mm. uh, so the more they the, the more they can produce, surely it will be better for them. Is yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. You have to yeah. go in there and try and explain this and... I might be small now, but You're planning I'm to. planning on doing yeah. this, and we're investing in a website, and we're going to be doing some sort of marketing, and it it could be any sort of marketing. It could be that you know your brother's friend is in a band who just had a yeah. big hit single. Whoever, yeah. Get your brother to ring your brother's <laughs> friend and get them to wear it and offer them one free jacket to get a photograph of them if they've got okay. ten thousand followers on Instagram. That's how you just get... Just use all the connections you just have. Use everything, yeah. Yeah. Just use everything, yeah. Just be nice to people. And yeah, really... important. Be nice. Yeah, just be really <laughs> <Yeah>. nice <laughs> and polite and and help everybody. Everybody, most people like like us are here and we're doing it because we love it. We're not doing it because we're trying to make loads of money. We're doing it because we love it and it's a bit of fun. But we all want to help each other. So yeah. it's kind of like... Um, it's a very good point. And that's kind of the best thing. Mm. That's kind of the... The nicest thing out of all is meeting really nice, interesting people and having a bit of fun. And yeah, hopefully, who knows? You know, it's, it's one of us might end up becoming yeah, doing yeah. really well out of it, and um, and then helping all the other people. That mm. would be good. That is a really good point, though, because so many new designers I've met through friends or whatever, like or through the blog, or, or through the blog, yeah. even like. Well, and some of them are really up there on us, and I just can't understand why. I know, I know you're talented. Yeah, but you're starting no, out. Like it's you starting out, but even if you're big, I think you should always remain nice. Humble and, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think Absolutely. that's from the minute. I mean, from the I've always been like that as a kid as well. But so a lot of time, I would meet people, and then they're like, oh "My God, you are so nice! I can't <laughs> believe it." Where I've met these other people, I don't understand how. I don't understand the, anybody that that. Um, and I've met some people, and I'm just like, sorry, not interested. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I, I cannot stand anyone who's rude or arrogant yeah. or, you know, and you get a, you get these people that are, that really think 
that they're, you know, I'm like, you know, hold on, love, you've done one dress, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and all of a sudden you're like lording it up, and you know, yeah, you got the front cover of the Sunday Times. Do you know what? It's See if you get nice, it again, yeah. because if you're not nice to people, they're not, yeah, no one's going to want you back. Very important. Yeah. I agree. So yeah. as a recap, to like, what's important for today's startups mm. would be. First of all, be nice. Keep knocking on the doors. Mm. Yes. Try and get good deals. Do really good research on on fabrics mm. to get good quality at a good price because mm. that must be so hard getting. Like I'm sure you can get way cheaper materials if you really needed to, but then the quality wouldn't be good. So it's getting that balance of quality and yeah. pricing. But you know, you could, there are. I mean, like, there are there are people kids that come to me and say, "Oh, I've been to this fabric shop in in Soho on Berwick Street. They've got these really beautiful." Fa- the guy, the guy in Berwick Street has his rent to pay and everything else. Yeah, is like, yeah, yeah. like the thirty pounds a meter. Yeah, yeah. But where you go to like a little back alley in Leighton or or um, and you you find some you know and it could be a warehouse full of loads of crap. But in amongst yeah. it, you find a really a really nice yeah, fabric research, and you pull that research, out and you yeah. and you work around that. And it, a lot of it, especially with All Saints in the beginning and and with what I'm doing now, is working within your means mm-hmm. you don't have to have you know the best fabric mill and the best manufacturer and the best pr company and the you don't need to i've had other people tell me that you know well i've got a mate of mine and he wants twenty thousand pounds but he's going to give me the best website in the world you don't need that no, you can do okay. you can go on shopify and set up your own little website yeah. it might take you two or three days absolutely but just get that done don't just try and do everything yourself don't waste money on you know i'm not saying don't waste money on photographers and things like that. If you've got a mate who's a photographer who, who's really good, then yeah, get him yeah. to ask him if you can afford it and yeah. or, or swap him for clothes or yeah, yeah, do yeah. something like that. And, and they'll more than likely help you out and, yeah, and get some really nice photographs. And then the rest of it, just get your iPhone out. And t- yeah, so then you said do your research, definitely. Mm. Don't go for the first uh, retail shop and their prices. You can ask around yeah. and negotiate. Yeah. Very important. And spend money on what's really important. When I when I started at uh, Reese, for instance, um, I, um, I I was going to the best fabric mills in the world, and they were showing me all these beautiful collections of fabrics at ten pound a meter this and twenty pound a meter that and five pound a meter this. And then I would like I have a really inquisitive mind, so I used to ask them like you know can I have a look around the factory? And the guy would like go you know yeah no problem. David Reese used to go, oh, God, he's mad. What's he doing? You know, oh, you know, don't understand this kid. He's fucking mad. And I'll be like, David, just let me have a look. So I wandered around the factory, and then you end up in this warehouse, um, and there's rolls and rolls of fabric. And I'm like, what, what's this? And the guy's like, oh, this is all the, 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 the leftovers. This is all the stock, you know. Because what was happening was they were producing 10,000 metres for Armani and 10,000 metres for Calvin Klein and... Mm. And what happens is they, um, in that 10,000 metres, they would produce 12,000 metres yeah. because sometimes things would go wrong. There yeah. would be a fault yeah. in the fabric. They would always have a little bit more. So they would have all this stock. So I said to the guy, well, how much, how much for this stock? And he went, oh, because we, we, we want to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, so I'll, I'll pay a pound a metre. Right. And David went, oh, for God's sake. And he went, uh, well, all of it. And I went, uh, well, how much is that? And he said, well, there's 50,000 metres. I said to David, have you got fifty thousand pounds? He went, um, yeah. Well, I, I, I went, so we'll, we'll take, take all that pound a meter. And the guy went, uh, 
fantastic. He was, he was hugging me, telling me what a fucking great kid I was. And I was like 19, no idea. So we came, went in the back room, we they made a list of what it was, and then they gave us all the swatches. We came back the next day. There was fabric in there that was 10 and 20 pound a meter. We got it all for a pound. So I, I, I put it all into work with um, the factories. I you know worked out, I'm going to do this in blazers and this in trousers and then. And, and, and at that time, when I joined David Rees, the, the company was virtually bankrupt. They, they, they didn't know how they were going to get out of the mess. And all of this stuff that we bought, but like virtually nothing, wow. just because I had this inquisitive mind and wandered around, and then offered some... I mean, I never thought for one second the guy was going to say, yeah, like a pound a meter. I mean, of course, he had a warehouse full of stuff that he's paying to store it yeah, and everything. He's he's, he needs money. £50,000 check there and then, Get he rid gets of rid of all of it, Amazing. he doesn't even care about it. all these things happen and that's kind of like, so from that just happening like that, um, that's how you That's how you do things, that's how you get things right. outside the box I guess, and think outside of the box, mm. yeah, See? no but not just that, but yeah, be creative and think of different ways of, of doing it. Yeah, and it, I mean, it, and it wasn't about money, it wasn't, to me at that time, it was just, you know, I, I saw an opportunity. That makes and sense, I thought, yeah, to you. It like, made sense to yeah. me, this guy wants rid of it, I can't afford covering. 10 and 20 pound a meter, I'm looking like going, David, but I love it, I love it, and he's like, too expensive, maximum six pound a meter, yeah. all this sort of, I'm like, six pound a meter, what? And then you're like, what is all this? And it's amazing. It was amazing. We and we, I mean, in the next season in Reese, all the stuff that turned up was incredible. And then I did all the same thing for similar things like that with All Saints, and similar things like that with Bolandora Trevor, and and then that's what I'm doing now. With yeah, Immortal. perfect. That's a good tip. Yeah, but try and find a gap in the market and something that no one else is doing. And it could be, I don't know, a bit like you know. When I put like girls in, uh, you know, floaty parachute type dresses with a little biker boots yeah. and a studded belt and a yeah. pair of biker boots and things like this, no one else was doing that. So that was kind that was of like a, gap a in the market whole too. gap, in, a whole new look, a gap in the market. No one else was doing it, and of course, because I invented that, everybody came to All Saints, yes. and that's why Remember, All Saints yeah. went from tiny little business to you know twenty million in yeah. in a couple of years. So thank you so much for joining us here today for our very first video interview slash podcast ever. Um, yeah, we certainly learned a lot. Welcome. Yeah. That yeah. was great. Nice to meet you thank again. You. And, uh, and thank you for being here. You're yes. welcome. Thank you very much. Thank you so much for listening. We really hope you enjoy this podcast with the four of us and Stuart Trevor. 